All right. Welcome to Bloom in Full Color, where we live life in high definition or ultraviolet or whatever I'm going to say today. I'm mixing it up. Uh, Jennifer Moss, Dave Holly. Hi. We are um, answering your vegetable questions today. So, and we wish we could do them live, but we don't have that monitor, to, you know. <laughs> you know, hi, Jonathan. <laughs> hi, Kathy. You know, we're on a shoestring yeah. <laughs> budget. That's what it is. You know, in time, I think we could do something live one of these days. Well, that'd be cool. That would be, be really cool. cool. I'm sure Zach could arrange it with us. Maybe we'll have a garden summit. Yeah, that could be fun. We do it in like March, have it like two hours in an afternoon. Uh, like on a Zoom call type thing? No. no. Well, we could well, do it as a Zoom call, but what I was thinking is you just have it out in the greenhouse and you record it. But you and know, then somebody's monitoring online questions while you're broadcasting live. You could have that. Or if you've ever watched the competition reality shows during COVID, right? They would have these, this monitor of... Did you have time during COVID to watch shows? Absolutely. I did not. That's, that was... Couldn't do anything else, right? <laughs> well, you were at work getting so. your ass kicked with me. That's why I But they had these the monitors question. of just people, right? Yeah. So you could be, you know... Hey, how's it going? It, yeah, we could probably cool. pull something out. Well, we'll keep brainstorming. You can already do that, that now with with Facebook and when you somebody can. is is uh, asking you a question or reaching out. So yeah, it's well, that's what I do every Wednesday on right. our live. Um, so I walk through the greenhouse and answer questions. So all right, so at each one of us at the greenhouse kind of has a specialty, right? There's something we like the most. It doesn't Absolutely. mean we're good at it. Because <laughs> I still to this day can't grow a freaking onion to save my life. And we still haven't had a succulent. Uh, podcast all about oh, succulents or anything golly. like that you know, you, know you were asking for ideas right so. i will let you do that next time <laughs> that we will do succulents after these two are recorded it's it's all you baby uh yeah no i'd have zero problem so you know i have to talk about succulents because it is such a popular garden thing but honestly i kill succulents like it's a job you're exceptional adam my husband loves them and i'm just like bring them into the house they'll die yeah. <laughs> so it's become a joke um but that's okay. You are the succulent master, and I'm going to let you have that badge cool. all day long without my help. There you I'll, go. I'll See? be the vegetable gal. Oh. <laughs> I'll be the vegetable gal. Um, okay, so that's what we're kind of talking yes. about today. So you guys submitted a lot of questions, and we're really just going to kind of dive through each of them. I'm not going to mention names because that's not what we're trying to do, but I we have gone through all the questions submitted on two different posts on Facebook. So, all right, the first one I'm going to ask is um, what are the best vegetables for growing in raised garden boxes? And then um, how deep do the boxes need to have need to be to have successful growing season? And do I really need to buy raised garden bed soil? What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, and thanks for the question, Mary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have no idea who wrote the question. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one so, says Haley, if that's know, helpful. Um Garden boxes is the only way that I do it now is, is me too. raised beds and um, patio planters. Yep, me too. I don't do anything in the ground anymore. Um, the boxes that I've had in the past, and since we've moved last year, I haven't built any new boxes. Yeah. But uh, minimum uh, depth, 18 inches. Okay. That's how me. I do mine too. Okay. Uh, but I've seen them as high as three foot if they didn't want to necessarily bend over. But when you go three foot by, say, eight foot, 24 well, square feet... That is a lot of soil. You and know, that and costs that, money. Absolutely. Well, so minimum 18 inches. And I've seen shallow ones that are about 12 inches. And there are some crops you can do in that. Like lettuces would do okay. Sure. Radishes or beets that don't have a long, you know, tuber, if you will. Uh, you could probably get away with turnips. You wouldn't be able to do potatoes. Onions would be borderline carrots or no-go. 
Tomatoes wouldn't work. Peppers might be okay. And see, and most people when they're when they're doing a raised garden, they're putting in more than just the one variety. So that's wh- that's why eighteen inches is better because yeah. So let's ultimately go off somebody. Of, let's go off of eighteen inches. So eighteen inches, you can grow about anything in eighteen Absolutely. inches. Absolutely, and, and most people are going to do more than just the uprights. Okay, yes. so they're going to have carrots. They're going to have beets. So, and you need that depth for that. Well, and if you're doing something like peas or beans, they have a shallow root, but, you know, beans put nitrogen back into the soil. So they're a total benefit, but you need a climbing structure. They need somewhere to go. They need you know, to, to go up. Container gardening, you could you could almost do a complete podcast on container, Just gardening, container gardening because there is so many ins and outs and it's always fun. Okay. Yeah. It, determining what plants are going to go into that area that you have. You know, we brought up a few pod, pat, few podcasts ago, uh, square foot gardening. Yes. You know, that was really popular in the 70s and early 80s, where you just had a square foot and you put one item per square foot, okay? It works well if you want an abundance of different items, but mostly if you're going to do raised beds, you're probably doing 32 square foot, eight by four, six by four, somewhere in that area where you can get quite a few plants in there. Yeah. Just de- it depends really what you really want to try. And uh, be successful at it. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And, you know, kind of how I plan out my raised gardens is I think about what do I want to eat. Hmm? And so um, <laughs> I have I have a tomato problem. I'll just admit <laughs> it now. Uh, I planned on, I think, 11 plants. I ended up with 16. Or I planned on 8 and then ended up with 11. Something funky. And I really had to thin <laughs> down because I like to try all the new varieties. Well, I get a little overzealous in the fall when I'm eating all of these, when we're selecting our varieties for the following season and I have to really cut down, but then I have to factor for crop rotation. Now, as far as the, the soil question goes, um, how deep to the box? So we'd say 18 inches or deeper, um, truly. Um, and then as far as what you put in the bottom, we, I just put a weed barrier cloth on the bottom. I slid a couple holes to make sure it drains. And then I fill with soil. Now, if you wanted to do a layer of bark, that's an inch or two thick to kind of, break up that cost you absolutely can um it's not necessary you definitely put the weed barrier down okay? yes <clears throat> i always put in bark okay just so that i have more drainage on, on i can understand that i'm i'm in a pretty dry spot in my yard so drainage isn't too big of an issue for me i don't have any sprinklers over there it was where a tree fell down i didn't have anything <laughs> there um which was happy accident i'm very happy about it i'm very <laughs> much better as yeah. I can get a truck in my backyard it's great <laughs> but as far as like soil you don't need raised garden bed soil per se what I always recommend to people if you're starting from scratch is do half soil like so a potting soil you know soil from a compost pile whatever that you've got or you know something that's not the meat and potatoes right. of what you're trying to do right. though you want to put living matter in there so compost soil conditioner something like that that's the way you want to go about that so uh you're going to want half organic matter. Correct. And Correct. that's what that's what the plants feed on. So that's kind of a really important one. Absolutely. Don't and, mind the puppies in the background. And it's a matter of, of mixing that out, okay? Absolutely. Um, occasionally what I'll do is I'll take that top half off, and I will mix in a lot of new soil with some of the stuff that I already had. Okay, now, this is understanding that I'm not planting tomatoes or... Uh, potatoes or anything like that in soil that was already used. I'm, I'm using other items. Uh, we have a question that, you know, should you change soil out or should you have crop rotation? Crop rotation is important. Um, I don't necessarily think that you have to replace all your soil in vegetable gardens. 
I'm qualifying that statement because yeah. container gardening with flowers is a different conversation. Yes. So um, I, when I amend my soil in my raised beds, I only use compost. I don't put any soil in after that. I, I just use compost. Now, if something gets really depleted or when I pulled the plants in the fall, a lot of soil come, came out, that's my opportunity if I need to mix a little bit more Absolutely. accordingly. But I also will use earthworm castings mm -hmm. instead of compost. There's or, a lot of things you can do to amend oh, your soils. Oh, absolutely. And I, for patio planters, I have never used soil from the ground, ever. I've I always used some type either. of a planting mix of some sort or a compost. Uh, in, in I like plant. our compressed bales because they go so far. And you can get those in a couple of different places. I know that I'm I'm a SunGrow uh, current currently, but I also really enjoy the Espoma products and, um, the, uh, happy frog Fox farm line, the, the, just their packaging. So pretty. They, uh, came up with it for, uh, cannabis growers originally down in humble and they came up with a really poppy flashy and I like poppy flashy everything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've always really enjoyed their soil, but we've moved to a different line. And so I've really found success though with everything that we use. Yeah. So Okay, we'll bounce out of the next question. Okay, what's the difference between a determinate and indeterminate tomato? All right, so one's climb, or yeah, one's climbing, one's not. That's right. So determinate, it is a determined size. It's a bushing tomato. Indeterminate means it will go it's anywhere. anywhere it wants to go. It might be 10 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't top your tomatoes, okay? So when it gets to a height you like, just snap the tops. Just get another, the another good thing is, is if you've got, uh, uh, tomatoes in a in a garden center, and do you think that they're a little tall? Don't worry about it. You can plant them deep. And yes, you can. Just fine. Yeah, and oh. rip all those bottom leaves off. Absolutely. Thin them out, and all the little suckles. You can. It is fine if you plant a tomato, and it's just one big long stem mm -hmm. that you tuck down into the ground, mm -hmm. and you end up only having it, you know, five six inches out of the soil, and it just has the top leaves. That's right. acceptable. Right. So it's okay if you got a tall skinny tomato. So if there's one that you really like in a garden center, take it home because you can plant it. Yeah. Tomatoes are the one plate you can do that with. And you, I mean, you can abuse it a little bit. Absolutely. They're pretty tough. <laughs> okay. So the other one was, what is the difference between heirlooms and hybrids? As far, and, and this is going to apply to all vegetables. This is not just tomatoes. Right. So an heirloom is, let's, let's make sure I say this right. Okay. Is an established variety that is known for good flavor is often very unsightly plant. They're usually ugly plants, sometimes ugly fruit. Um, they tend to be those original varieties. Correct. Versus a hybrid, which is two different varieties that have been cross-pollinated to create... Bred together to create a tomato a of tomato. something. Correct. And typically, those are bred for um, seasonality of the fruit, mm -hmm. um, yield, disease resistance. And so, as far as... And there is a question a little further down that we've already seen. Can you hold on to seeds? All right. So, here's the kicker. If the plant grows exactly how you expected it and that fruit comes out and you decide to harvest the seeds from that fruit, yes, you can replant those seeds and it will show up pretty close, not exact, because that's not how science works, um, to the variety you originally harvested. You're talking about the heirlooms. Yes, I am. Yes. I didn't qualify that. Yes, I'm talking <laughs> about heirlooms when I say that. Now, if you get into a hybrid situation, it's not the same. Right. It... You could hold on to the seeds, but I can I cannot promise you you're going to get the same tomato because they have been hybridized. And if it takes on any other characteristics from cross pollination just in your own garden, you, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And cross pollination is 
The best way, the best example, let's play with a dog example because that's been a pinch point for you and I both lately. God, pets, I love my dogs, but man, <laughs> man, it's been a labor of love lately. So if you take a golden retriever and a poodle and they have puppies, you have cross-pollination. That is the best way I can explain it. So now you have a golden doodle. I say that because I do have a golden doodle. And then you could play the hybridization game. So my mom has an F1 which this is, this comes from plant world. Okay, guys, this was Mendelin, I think was his name. I'm saying that wrong. I'm positive. I'm saying that wrong, but he originally crossbred peas or beans, one of the two and huh? Mendel. See, that sounds right. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So basically what this means is an F1 golden doodle means one pet or one parent is a golden retriever. The other parent is a poodle. And F2, which is my dog, she had two parents that were F1s that were golden doodles that had her. So therefore, she's an F2. Hmm. That's the best way I can explain cross-pollination for people with plants because plants get confusing yet puppies are like a real thing that run around all the time. So people have a little bit better of a time, you know, sussing that out. So what do you uh, prefer? So it depends on what I'm looking for. All right. So it, I, I actually prefer a blend. I pre- prefer uh, two to three heirlooms because the thing about heirlooms, they don't, they're not typically heavy producers, but their flavors incredible. And I like them because they're usually different colors. And I like burly ugly fruit. I don't care. It usually tastes awesome. Um, but hybrids, I make a ton of salsa and sauce. So that we can use it all season. And so hybrids, I need that consistency, yeah. that heavy yield, that big push. And one of the other questions that you, uh, that we did see as well is like, what are my favorite tomatoes? All right. Well, I, I always grow brandy boys, which are a hybridized heirloom, which is a little bit different. So they took the brandy wine tomato. I think it was a brandy wine pink and they put the big boy with it and they, they cross pollinated it. And uh, that created a very sweet, pink, very juicy tomato. They are very high water content. They're not very meaty or mealy. Um, And I can take habaneros and ghost peppers and make salsa with those. And it's a sweet hot, which I absolutely love. I don't have to use sugar in any of my sauces because the tomatoes I use. Exactly. And then like um, as far as my favorite hybrid, that I always will plant. There's actually two. Um, and it's cause I like color. I don't, when people are like, what's your favorite tomato? I'm like, do you want a traditional red tomato? Cause the mine is, Those not are boring. yeah, that's yeah. just boring. That's just too normal. Um, so my favorite red one for sake of argument, um, on the hybrid is the super fantastic that now the champion, the celebrity do a pretty good job. The celebrity is going to be your determinant champions, uh, uh, indeterminate. So it's going everywhere, but I tend to lean towards the super fantastic because that's how my dad raised me. And that's the tomato I'm used to. I like yeah. it. Medium sized tomato. It, uh, yeah. It's like know, that. It's not, 12, you're not going to get anything 12 to 16 ounce. On it. Uh, and they do uh, tend to get very big. They do. If you don't, if you don't trim them back. Oh God. So they can get a little silly, but then I also love the sunny boy. I like that yellow. And so yellow and orange tomatoes um, by characteristic are low in acidity. So acid in my belly can really mm. give that with cucumbers because they're always ready at the same time. They're two of my favorite right. vegetables. If I eat too many of those, I'll get belly aches. Mm. And so if I have the orange tomatoes just enough to break it up, it helps me tremendously. And then as far as cherry, because we should always talk about cherry. Um, I love the sun sugar. Sun sugar, 
in my book are is, the best value uh, and they are super prolific in, in producing. Well, exactly. And the, the difference between like, so the, our best selling tomato um, for cherries is the sweet 100 and they have these clusters and they all ripen right. at once. Thing I don't like about that is uh, they tend to split. They're a little bit smaller, whereas the sun sugar has fruit all over the bush. They don't come in clusters, so you have constant flush of and fruit. And they're very sweet. Um, when when you when you say sun sugar, they they're very sweet. It tastes uh, like they've candy. They've got more of a yellow orange yeah. orange tint. They look, they look like the color mm-hmm. of the sun. Mm-hmm. Well, and we get asked for sun gold a lot, so that would be the closest representation. But I actually saw people walking out with those the last four weeks in the retail because they were afraid we we're going to run out. Mm. They're so very, very protective where of you, that tomato. Where you like the, the smaller. I like anything that you can slice. So a beef well, master, a beef steak. I prefer steak. those, actually. Okay. Uh, the I Brandy like Boys, Brandy Wines. Um, because in the summertime, there's nothing better than sliced tomatoes salt. on a plate, pepper, because I stay away from okay. salt. Okay. And then, you and, I are and then drenched in ranch. Okay. Oh, and okay. then at the same time, you have your tomatoes in the center and then you've got your cucumbers. Okay. Side, so minor you know? difference. So, so minor sliced. <laughs> and um, I always like to, um, especially because you know how cucumbers come on, there's mm-hmm. way too many of them. I get rice vinegar, a little bit of coconut aminos, and some garlic and some chili. And I put those and soak them, like do quick pickles. And then I, I, you know, and then of course I'll do fresh cucumbers, but I like to slice my tomatoes or quarter them. And I do fresh Himalayan sea salt. And then I drizzle um, different uh, olive oils and balsamics because I don't do ranch. So See, for those folks that have never tried a patio, any type of patio type tomato, um, I think that when you're working outside, okay, if you're in a yard, if you're doing yard work or just mm-hmm. lounging, the best thing you can do is go to these plants and just pick this fruit right off and have a handful. Well, I mean, that is what is cool about container gardening. Absolutely. In general, uh, is to be able to have that. And not only that, but your fruit trees and, and things where you're just taking a break. Uh, I'll be working outside doing some yard work. I'll go to those tomato plants, grab a handful of tomatoes. Or when I lived in Oregon, uh, a handful of uh, berries. blueberries. Berries. You know, and it's like, this is great. You know? Well, and it always tastes better off your bush. Uh, yeah. So this next episode we're going to uh, film right after this is about eating seasonally. So we're really going to dive into that. But it's also how you get your kids to eat vegetables. Absolutely. If it's fresh out of the garden, if you've only ever had a tomato from the grocery store, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, I'm really sorry you for know, you. Years ago, I had my children out and or my grandchildren out and I had some uh, tomato plants and they were all patio uh, tomatoes. And my granddaughter says, Grandpa, I don't like tomatoes. Here I am. But I like these. What are these? Mm-hmm. These are tomatoes. Those are tomatoes. <laughs> I, we have an ongoing. So one of my daughters would just eat tomatoes if given a choice yeah. year-round. Doesn't matter. The Her twin sister is like not a chance on God's green earth. But we always have a bribery moment where I give her one cherry, and then I have to fall with ice cream, mind you. But she always tries one tomato a year because I keep telling her that your taste buds change every seven years. Every cell in your body replaces itself every seven years. So things you didn't used to like, you might like now. Okay, so you um, were talking about this. Uh, What are alpine strawberries and are they edible? I don't know the answer to this Alpine strawberries are gorgeous. First of all, they're a very nice compact plant and they have a beautiful flower, but they produce the little small one-inch round Strawberry, okay? They're not very big. Yeah, they're teeny. Very sweet. So, yes, you can eat them. And 
they come back. So they're a perennial. They'll 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 die back and they'll come back even stronger. In, in like a vine type thing, they they tend to spread a little bit. Okay, okay? but they are very good to eat. And you, and you would think something that was bred for a decorative type plant. It is definitely bred for decoration. You know, uh, wouldn't uh, taste good, but I have personally had them. <laughs> they are excellent. They're but very just, they're very sweet. I might have to arm wrestle a bear for it though, right? Depending on yeah, where you're it's gonna. At. You, <laughs> there's very few um, garden centers that will carry that. It's it's hard to grow. It's hard it's, to start once it gets hard, going. It's hard to start. Yeah, once That's it gets exactly going, you're is. good. But yeah, it's it, kind of like uh, Fragaria. I think is the botanical part name of the for fam- that. Part of the, in that family, and absolutely. Then Alsia, which is also known as hollyhocks. Those are two plants that are just a royal pain in the ass <laughs> to get started in a greenhouse. You have them in your yard; they will yeah. grow like weeds. It's kind of one of those things. Sometimes you just kind of got to throw the seed out and ignore it. But they they say alpine for a reason, okay? They're really prolific in your 7 to 10,000 foot level elevation, okay? So They're if you want there. something, absolutely. And there. they don't need a lot of the sun that a regular strawberry would uh, require. Correct. Okay, so five to six hours, if you had that, that would, that's going to be perfect. Yeah, and not all fragaria is a perennial. That's right. So right. the alpine strawberry variety is. It's got so. a beautiful pinkish white flower. So it's, it's. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're going to keep jumping into questions. So I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know if I'm going to break somebody's heart on this. Okay, so is it true that you can put a Tums in the hole when you plant tomatoes and that it helps with blossom end rot because of the calcium? All right, so let's go to blossom end rot. And that I think you and I can hit a couple of these questions. So blossom end rot is when the base of your tomato fruit gets that like black scarring or turns, the like turns brown. Yeah, and it like yeah. rots right. literally. That is a calcium deficiency. That's right. So when that happens, you want to have bioavailable calcium. Now Tums, yes, Tums is calcium, but I cannot tell you with certainty, depending on whether you're with a generic brand or the Tums name name brand, that it's bioavailable. I have never heard that. So I haven't either. And I would not recommend it. <laughs> that's uh, you know, somebody might have made it work once. It might work for your grandma. I'm not sure. But as far as nutrients being available to be absorbed by the roots, I, I don't think that's a sound way to do it. Uh, different ways to do it. Um, we were asked about banana peels, so I'll let you cover that. So uh, the question was, can you soak banana peels and then use it for tomatoes? And the answer is yes, you can. Bananas, of course, are rich in potassium, but when you soak them, you get that calcium uh, liquefaction, for yeah. a better term. Well, it, and you it just makes soak it so it can be absorbed. There. Right. Yeah. And if you pour that then on your tomatoes after a few days, that will help with, with uh, making sure you've got enough of uh, nutrients going into that tomato to stop uh, or at least prohibit the growth yeah. of blossom end rot. So, yes, the, you, you can definitely do that. Okay. And another way to do it. Um, so, in my household, eggs is like a thing. Um Eggshells. So crushing up eggshells, eggshells are pure calcium. And so you can, any peeled eggshells, you can just crush up, sprinkle around the base of your plants or the water in which you boil your eggshells. You can actually let cool down, let it cool down. Do not scald your tomato plants (laughs) fresh off the boil, but um, you can actually use that and water your plants and that's going to make calcium that's bioavailable to the roots right away. You know, I never thought about that. Yeah. Yes. I knew eggshells for sure. But using the water, the water. That they, yeah. Now here's what the funny thing idea. in my house: I steam my eggs. <laughs> I don't boil eggs because they're a pain in the rear to, to peel to begin with. Well, we do farm fresh eggs, which are not what you should hard boil anyways. But <laughs> 
you know what? My husband's an egg man. He likes eggs. So we do eggs and I like farm fresh. So that's what we do. Mm. But to get them to peel, instead of having to put Epsom salt, not Epsom salt, kosher salt and um, baking soda into the water or baking is baking soda. Yeah. It's not baking powder. It's baking soda. Um, I used to put a chunk of the kosher salt, chunk of the baking soda, and then the the uh, shells would peel better. Now I just steam them. So I have a steaming basket and I steam them for 12 minutes if it's store-bought, 15 minutes if it's uh, farm fresh and you're set. Yeah. And then they peel pretty well. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And, you know, the, the common um, knowledge as far as living in an apartment or in a condo is that I don't have room to grow vegetables. And that is so not true. There's so many different uh, options today that you can grow vegetables. You that know, actually uh, leads out on to your our patio, next question. Out on your hanging baskets, yeah. um, in um, aquaculture and, and all that where you can actually put leafy greens on your table, you know, and, and grow them that way. So don't let your space dictate your garden preferences. No. So that actually leads to our next question. I, I would like to know about, oh, this is the last question? <laughs> oh, we're getting held to time. Okay. All right. Well, yes, you can do patio vegetables. Um, the difference is you're going to want them bred for small spaces. Absolutely. Because that's how they're going to maintain the flavor. If you take a plant that is not bred for small spaces, you'll lose the favor by confining its space. Right. Okay. I'm doing another question. We got a little tiny right I'm being held to a T. Dave, Dave's a very popular guy. So, so mine's rang a couple times. It's just on quiet. I thought okay. I had it on quiet. That's okay. We'll, we'll do it next time. All right. So, okay. This one's a good one. All right. So two of them I'm going to hit really quick. How do you get the tiny onions out of the trays and plant them when they're all bunched together? Okay. You get them wet and then you gently pull them apart one at a time and plant them if you want to get onions. Because we plant them as a bunch because we just throw seed in like with a salt shaker, literally it's actually a Parmesan shaker as mm -hmm. I recall. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's how you split those apart. get them wet, stretch them out. Um, the other one is it was so hot for so long last year, even though my tomatoes got very regular water, I had no bloom blooms, no fruit. I have a covered patio. Would they do better in part shade? Um, I face Southwest, so blistering sun all day. So first off sun is defined as eight or more hours of sun. Tomatoes need 12 or more preferably. The tomatoes aren't going to suffer because of the heat. Um, very regular water is probably part of your problem. Cross-pollination is the second, or pollination is the second part of your problem. So if you didn't get flowers so that you didn't get fruit, you might not have enough birds and um, bugs. But there is a spray that is like a tomato set. So it's a fruit set spray. And that'll actually bring, it, it basically brings pheromones to the plant, if I understand it correctly, so that bugs and birds go to it so that it can pollinate the plant. Second, rule of thumb, turn off your water September 1st in Southern Idaho. The purpose of that is you need to take the plant into a panic mode. It needs to reproduce. In order for it to do that, the fruit must ripen. So say you have, like, in this case, you obviously didn't get fruit. The answer is no to the cover patio. Don't do that. So if you didn't, if you had fruit and it was green and nothing was going red, turn off your water so that the plants start to suffer and then just only water when it wilts and then your fruit will ripen. So just so I know that we're running short on time, but for your sun, where you're saying 12 hours of sun, is it best in the morning or is it best 
to have that afternoon sun? What is the best sun if, if you're going to have well, limited so sun and you're growing tomatoes? Afternoon. Absolutely. It's hotter. Tomatoes can handle some heat. So sun doesn't hit my garden until about 11 in the morning. And then till whenever the sun's done. So that's not quite 12 hours. I seem to do just fine. Yeah, I've always had them in full sun. But if you're going to have sun, afternoon sun is going to be your best bet. Because of where mine's at on the north side of my house in between two homes. It's 11 o'clock when the sun hits. But I don't tend to have very many problems. But I also am a little less on my water. So what I would say um, for that one, and that was a Kelly who asked that question. So, um, and I said I wouldn't say any names, but this <laughs> just helping you, Kelly. Um, so... <laughs> What I would do is I would turn your water down and water in the morning or water in the evening. Don't ever water during the middle of the day. Keep it consistent. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't water in the morning one day, water, water in the, in the evening, evening and then back to the morning. Keep it consistent. Yeah. I do it before I leave for work. That's when I do it. So yep. I really need to get a drip system involved. <laughs> okay. And with that, we're being cut off by the producer, director, whatever. Um, Couple of quick short answers. Um, so yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> asparagus from seed, don't do it. Um, go with uh, roots. Um, that's or bare roots. Uh, and crop rotation is necessary every season. Um, there are plants that get along and plants that don't. Um, and prune on tomatoes about a third to half of your plant out in the middle of June, early July. Just take off the branches that don't have blooms and that will make it so when it fruits in the base of the plant and it gets sun, it'll ripen faster. Also makes your plant sturdier. Yeah, it does. Makes your plant a lot sturdier. Okay, so we're going to keep doing these kind of ones, guys. So keep asking questions. If we didn't get to your question, please join me on our Facebook Live um, where I get on, it's usually Wednesdays around 11. Um, in retail. So that's uh, 11 o'clock Mountain Standard Time on the Moss Greenhouse's Facebook and ask the questions. If I can't answer them, I will get you the answer and get back on onto the comment section. So you just comment while I walk around the greenhouse. And so you get that live feedback right there and then. And if I've got the plant, I can actually show it to you and then you can hack it apart and ask all the questions that you wouldn't normally get an opportunity to ask. So um, with that, look forward to the next podcast. We're going to be talking about eating seasonally and what the benefits of that are and how it helps your body and your environment and your community. Absolutely. And then um, also please um, go uh, subscribe to us on both YouTube and Spotify, I, uh, Apple uh, Music. Is that what it's called? I do not have an Apple. That is clear. <laughs> I am a Google person. I am great with that. I am pixel lover. Yeah, yeah it's on um, Google Podcast too. Where's PJ? Isn't he an Apple lover? I don't know. Because we're both, I'm on Spotify. We're both Googles. So yeah, we're both Googles. I don't yeah, have any yeah. idea. He might be Android uh, analog with us. Yeah, okay. we might be okay. All right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm an Android person. It's just how I am, and that's okay. Everybody has their thing. You know what it is? It's because I have a PC. I don't have a Mac. I don't want Macs all the way around. I want PCs. I want it to all communicate with itself. And if I get an Apple, my dad will not know how to use the phone. Yeah. So I have to stay on a droid so I can help dad <laughs> because all of a sudden I'm the tech person for not only the company, but also the family. Yeah. So um, with that, I do keep asking questions and please subscribe to us and share with your friends. Um, we're starting to promote the podcast. We're trying to get it out there. We want to have a candid conversation with you guys all the time. And uh, with that, I invite you to go live life in full color because uh, planes pretty boring. Thanks, guys. Bye.